This presentation of the most fundable companies is brought to you by IndustryPods.com, where we bring you the best keynotes, panel discussions, and subject matter experts ranged by industry. Are you ready? You ready to have some fun? All right, folks. Here's our master of ceremonies tonight, Mr. Brian McMahon. Oh, great. Great. How come I'm the MC, but you get to say, are you ready? That's like the best part of being an MC. I, I just get to read cool stuff. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Um, firstly, I mean, a, a few of you know me. My name is Brian McMahon. I am the sensei. Len actually wrote King Here of Expert Dojo. I'll take that because nobody really says anything nice to me anyway. Um, I am also representing, more importantly today, the Los Angeles Venture Association as a board member. Um, and I want to welcome everybody to the World Startup World Cup presentation to you by the Pete Institute for Entrepreneurship at the Pepperdine Grazia Dio. You see how well an Irish man can do that, right? Business, uh, business School and the Los Angeles Venture Association. This year, the two organizations have teamed up to bring you a dynamic program showcasing some of the best companies in Southern California, and you're going to love it because I've seen the companies here already, and they're absolutely amazing. The winner will go on to the semifinals in San Francisco, and you're going to find out a little bit later on how phenomenal a prize that's actually going to be. Um, I also want to take a moment to uh, thank Pepperdine University, uh, Dean Van Rensburg, who I know is over there. Uh, also, Professor Craig Everett, who's the director of Pepperdine Private Capital Markets Project. And of course, Amy Wood, um, project manager for the Pete Institute of Entrepreneurship. Can we give them a huge round of applause? Because they're the only reason this has happened. So thank you to all of you. Uh, the program today is going to begin with an introduction from Startup World Cup organizer and partner at Pegasus Technology and just general all-round awesome person, Bill Reichardt. Um, and that's going to be followed by a panel of judges today. And again, you're in for a treat because you're going to, you're going to hear from incredible people, everyone from people who are going to, who have, are in charge of stock exchanges to actually huge funds and that people who have exited uh, uh, enterprises themselves already. So it's going to be really special. Uh, it's then going to be followed by 10 company pitches and then an announcement of our winner who will represent LA in the Startup World Cup Finals in San Francisco in May. So look, I'm now going to introduce to you Bill Reichardt. And this is hard. Like, if it was an introduction of me and there was a bio, we'd be like two lines and we'd be finished, right? This is going to be a big one. And everybody's going to feel ridiculously inadequate afterwards. But that's also why he's the perfect person to be here. So Bill Reichardt, 30 years experience as an investor. Actually, no, I'm going to work on the age. He's got 15 years experience as an investor, entrepreneur, and operating executive. Uh, since joining Garage, uh, Bill has focused on early stage information technology and material science companies. He's been a board director, and board observer, uh, wait for it because there's lots, um, Caslac, White Hat Security, Clear Fuels Technology, Simply Hired, 
Maya Soleil, Delight Design, Thermo Ceramics, and Visa Now, amongst many, 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 many more. Uh, prior to Garage, Bill was co-founder and senior executive in several venture-backed technology startups, Trademark Software, which many people will know, The Learning Company, another brilliant company, Academic Systems, and he earned a BA at Harvard College, and just in case that wasn't enough, he thought he would top it up with an MBA from Stanford University. He's a founding board member and a chairman of the Churchill Club, is an advisor to the Women's Startup Labs, can we have a huge welcome, please, to Bill Weichard up on the stage? Come on, Bill. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. I appreciate that. That was a little over the top, but that was fine. So great to be here in LA. Thank you all for coming out. And uh, actually, first, I want to make sure I thank the people who made this all possible. Lava, thank you very much, Len, and your team for pulling this together. Brian as well, part of the team, as, as in addition to being exp, an expert, the king, the king of expert dojo. dojo. That, who crowned you king? Well, you know, <laughs> I, are you sure it wasn't like one of those? Okay, so, um, and, uh, and absolutely, the, the Pepperdine Grazia Dio School of Business and Management, thank you so much for this fabulous, fabulous um, uh, venue here. So. Uh, really appreciate it. So this is our first Startup World Cup here in Los Angeles, in Southern California. Startup World Cup is a global startup competition, which we think now is the biggest and the richest startup competition on the planet. So we've reached over 40 regions, 40 cities around the world, now including LA, and the grand prize for the winner of the Startup World Cup is a million dollars. So the company that wins tonight is going to come to San Francisco, as Brian was mentioned, to compete for that million dollar uh, prize. So Startup World Cup was started by a venture fund called Pegasus Tech Ventures, which is the new name for the fund that started um, the Startup World Cup three years ago. Pegasus is a global venture capital firm, which is now headquartered in Silicon Valley with 20 funds under management. So it's a very unique venture capital kind of model. What Pegasus does that pretty much no other venture capital firm does is align with global corporations around the world and for each corporation manage a dedicated corporate venture fund. So the firm is managing over 20 funds in parallel, investing in all sorts of new technologies that are of interest and strategic value to the limited partners in the funds. The flip side is, what we do at Pegasus is find companies that will benefit from this network, fund them, and then connect them with these global corporations to accelerate their growth. So Pegasus has now invested in over 140 companies. These are just a few of the bigger ones. Vicarious, which is leading the way in artificial intelligence. Rigetti is leading the way in quantum computing. Um, X.AI, Affectiva, doing uh, sentiment recognition, all sorts of really interesting companies that Pegasus has invested in. So now for the Startup World Cup, last year, last year was the second year, in San Francisco we had over 1,500 attendees, including a bunch of journalists, a bunch of investors. We had 28 regions around the world who competed. For those of you who saw the video, that was highlights from last year's grand finale. So we had John Chambers, Reid Hoffman, Vinod Kosla, a bunch of great thought leaders speaking at last year's event. 
and a bunch of great judges, venture capitalists for the most part, some angel investors and some other, some corporate investors, who judged the, the winner last year. Last year, the winner was a company out of MIT, happened to be from the US, East Coast region, um, and uh, they won the grand prize last year. They're doing uh, life science technology, counting white blood cells non-invasively. Really cool technology. Runner-up was from South Korea, and we had a tie for third place for Spain and Mexico. In this year, 2019, we're expanding the competition to 40 regions around the world. 40 cities, six continents, the biggest startup competition on the planet. Again, the grand prize winner in San Francisco will win a million dollars. So here are just some of the cities that we've got from Mumbai to Sunnyvale, from Riga to Kiev, from Taipei to Athens, from Jakarta to Chengdu, China. You know, 40 cities around the world we're going to. We're gonna have a grand finale over three days in the middle of May. Starting May 15th is the semifinals where the 40 winners from around the world compete to become, to choose the top 10 winners. The top 10 winners then on Friday, May 17th, will compete for the million dollar prize. In between, on May 16th, we're gonna do a bunch of workshops for entrepreneurs and for corporate investor, investors. All of this in San Francisco. You are all invited to come. Um, the speakers at the, at the Startup World Cup grand finale are gonna include guys like Tim Westergren. Tim was the founder of Pandora. We were the first investors in Pandora. I've known Tim from way back. Um, the chief, secur chief, chief security officer for Intel is also gonna be speaking. Ray Lane, the former president of Oracle. We've got some great speakers for the grand finale on May 17th. And we've got an extraordinary panel of judges this year. We got NEA, we got Lightspeed, we've got IBM, we have Microsoft, we have 500 startups. We've got an incredible judging panel for this year. So, I want you all to write this down. <laughs> if you enter this code, if you register to come to the grand finale, anybody who's here now who came to this final gets an 80% discount. Uh, if you want to come up to San Francisco and participate. So it should be, it should be a lot of fun. So, so that's the end of the advertising portion of the program. So now <laughs> we're going to move into the educational and then the competitive part of the program. So this is the beginning of Startup World Cup Los Angeles. So as I think we mentioned, we've got 10 companies pitching tonight. They're all waiting excitedly, enthusiastically over here in the corner. They're each gonna pitch for five minutes and then our judging panel is gonna ask questions for three minutes. Then we're gonna do something, we're gonna do something very unusual. I don't think you've ever seen this before unless you came to an event I did up at the San Francisco a couple of years ago. What we're gonna do is we're gonna have the scorekeeper tell us who are the top two, three, maybe four uh, companies based on the judge's scores and then we're gonna have in public, in front of all of you, a deliberation, who should win the LA Regional Final. So you're gonna to get to hear the mind of an investor, how they heard the pitches, what they liked, what they didn't like, and they're gonna decide in front of us all who should be named the winner of the LA Regional Final. So with that, let's get the judges on stage. If you guys can come up, where are, where are the, all my judges? I got, I got, okay. I got five judges. 
So come on up. So, and then, so a big, big round of applause for the judges. <laughs> okay, we're all set. Okay, so we're going to start out, we're going to start out by having the judges uh, introduce themselves. So, as our host, I would ask you, Derek, if you would start sure. and, um, and give us uh, a little bit about your background, who you are, your, your role in venture investing over the years. Well, welcome everyone to Pepperdine Grazidio Business School. Uh, it's great to have you with us. I'm Derek van Rensburg. I'm the Dean of the Business School up the hill here. And, uh, but before I was the Dean, I was in industry for 32 years. I was with uh, Coca-Cola for 20 years where I ran their corporate venturing group. And prior to that, I was with Unilever and uh, ran operating uh, companies for Coca-Cola in Europe primarily and then corporate venturing. So good to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Delilah. Good evening. My name is Delilah Panio. I'm the uh, Vice President of Capital Formation for Toronto Stock Exchange, but I have the pleasure of living here in LA, uh, which is great for a Canadian. And um, so we have a, I find winter to be unnecessary, <laughs> clearly. So we have a really unique value proposition for U.S. companies that we uh, take companies public a lot earlier than in the U.S. markets. We're really, we're truly a growth capital markets and we have unique structures and vehicles and investors looking for um, for U.S. companies up in Canada that they might not necessarily see in, in Canada. And so I'm looking forward to seeing some of these companies and seeing which ones might be uh, on that path. Thank you. Great. Bill. Oh, hi. Um, William Woodward. I'm the founder of Anthem Venture Partners. We have under management $510 million of capital. It spawns over three funds and a newer FinTech fund. Um, we're also doing something kind of exciting, which I've started now, which we're also creating our own companies. So we've just, uh, we're in the process of, we created one, we've exited. We have two more that we've created and it's around kind of trying to do good and make money and make money doing good. And so it's uh, a little bit of a give back, but also for profit. So. Thank you. Excellent. Anna. Hi, I'm Anna Quintana, managing partner at Black Diamond Ventures. Uh, we're based out of Glendale. Uh, we've been around for over 22 years. Um, and we've been kind of using a hybrid model of investing in one by one company, having an SPV and having a fund. So we're very unique in the way that we get to invest in a company one at a time. And um, we're pretty much generalists, so we get to look at companies from the semiconductor design to medical devices, AI, data analytics, and our sweet spot is anywhere between three to $10 million, and we typically invest in companies from Series B and on. Um, and happy to be here, thank you. Okay, great, and Kim. Well, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, first of all, um, I'm president of LAVA, so thank you all on behalf of LAVA and Len, too, for putting this together. This has been great. Really right. excited to see this crowd out here, so that's fantastic. Um, I haven't decided what I want to do yet when I grow up, so I've been an entrepreneur for several companies. I've had seven startup companies. Um, exited them all, not necessarily all great exits, but at least somewhat, somewhat decent on some of them, which then enabled me to become an investor. So I've been an angel investor now for about the last six or seven years. I've made 18 investments in different kinds of companies, mostly women 
And so I've been supporting women entrepreneurs for quite some time. I've been a member of Golden Seeds. I ran the chapter in Orange County for several years. Um, got the bug to start another company, which I did uh, last year. And this is in the cannabis space and a company called My Jane, and we curate cannabis products for women, and I just sold that company in January. So it was a really quick one, So, but still wow. active there. So I look at it as not an exit, but sort of the beginning. So um, I've got a lot of uh, sort of varied experience between being an entrepreneur and an investor. So. Outstanding. One more round of applause for our judges. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, so we're gonna do something a little different here. We're gonna do a lightning round. What I'd like to do is I'm gonna ask you a thumbs up or thumbs down question. I wanna see your reaction uh, on each of these topics, all right? So let's start, let's start with the entrepreneur environment. So in the next year, in the next year here in Southern California, will we see more startups or fewer startups in the next year? Whoa, all right, more startups. All right, will we see more funding or less funding in the next year? Aha, oh, okay, we have not universal response, okay. In the next year, will it be harder or easier for entrepreneurs to raise the next round of funding? Okay, we have a little bit more consensus, so it's getting, okay, harder, all right. So let's talk about the VC environment, right? For, the v for VCs over the next year, will returns to VCs be higher or lower? Lower, lower, higher, lower, same. <laughs> interesting, 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 okay, good. In the next year, will there be more funds available for venture capital or fewer funds available for venture capital? So again, a mixed, a mixed reaction, all right. So let's talk about sectors. Let's talk about technology sectors. Will AI get stronger or weaker over the next year? So, so, okay, all right. How about health tech? Life sciences, healthcare, healthcare IT. Ooh, everybody's bullish on life science, healthcare. All right. How about crypto? Crypto, stronger, weaker, flat to down, strong. Okay. How about blockchain? Blockchain. Stronger, weaker, mixed, oh, it's a little, okay, interesting. Okay, let's talk about the macro economy the, um, uh, at a larger level. Well, okay, SoCal, Southern California. Will the Southern California economy be stronger or weaker a year from now? A year from now. Will the Southern California be stronger or weaker? Okay, we got mixed signals here, all right. Will the U.S. economy be stronger or weaker a year from now? That's okay, you guys, call your broker. <laughs> short, what should they short? Well, we won't talk about that, okay. <laughs> All right, so, okay, related tide question. Will the U.S. stock market, Dow, Nasdaq, will the stock market be higher or lower a year from now? See, uh, okay, same point. Okay, you guys, you got your hotline going. Okay, let's talk about the world, Europe. Europe, I don't know if we pay much attention to Europe. I don't know. But in any case, will Europe be stronger or weaker a year from now? That was quick, Bill. <laughs> All right? Stronger, weaker. Nobody's enthusiastic about Europe. How about China? Will China be stronger or weaker a year from now? Ooh, this is a tough one. Even, even, even. Ooh, you guys, most, 
Most everybody is, thanks Delilah for, you know, for stepping up and making All right, so that's our lightning round. Interesting combination, all right, but generally bullish for entrepreneurs, if not so much for the rest of the economy. Interesting, okay. So what I want to do now is ask you guys, uh, you can talk now, okay? You can talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, um, and what I'd like to, I'll start with you, Kimberly, if I can. Because mm -hmm. um, I, I, I may know which direction you're going to go on the question of, what new technologies, what new sectors mm. do you see emerging <laughs> that you're particularly excited about? That you're particularly like stoked about? <laughs> stoked, Sorry. getting really high on this topic. Oh, no, um, okay. all the joking aside. <laughs> so um, part of the reason in, in looking at the cannabis space for me wasn't necessarily about you know just the plant and the flower and all that around it, but was all the ancillary businesses and the fact that this one sort of product in the marketplace had just touches in every single thing that we could think of. I mean, legal and banking and civil rights and, you know, medical and all these different facets that I thought was very interesting. And some of the things that I'm part of now, which is a group called ArcView, and we're angel investors in the cannabis space, we're investing in things like genetic testing and various other sort of ag tech uh, companies and so it isn't always just about the plant and you know what sort of products come out of that but all these other technologies that I think are really fascinating and because there's so much money around this industry right now and available mm -hmm. I think we're gonna see leaps and bounds in some of the even life science things that are getting um, done internationally okay so Great. very bullish on that Anna Anna new technologies new sectors that you find exciting well in in biotech um, I, I don't know if it's that new, but one of the sectors that comes out of biotech is uh, immunotherapy, CAR T cell therapy. It's something that we're very excited about and uh, something that we look at quite often at our firm. So, mm -hmm. absolutely. Okay, biotech. So, Bill, can I call you Bill or should I call you William? You can call me Bill. Call you Bill? Okay, <laughs> all right. So, Bill, new technologies, new sectors. What are you excited about? Um, for me, uh, what I'm most excited about is like gene therapy. Gene there are areas like that where mm -hmm. you really have a chance of curative type of. Are we close? We can, yeah, we're curing. It's happening. Yeah. If you get it early, it happens. So, okay. CAR T, I'm doing a, one of our yeah. new companies is a CAR T company, so I'm very excited yeah. about that as well. We're putting our money where our mouth is. And, yeah. you know, so, those are the areas I, I'm more interested in. Okay. Delilah, you have a somewhat broader view, right? Um, what's hot? I could tell you certainly in the Canadian markets, um, outside of cannabis, where we're literally printing money in Canada. Um, so the, the really hot sectors that are relevant to the U.S., because we don't list U.S. cannabis companies, um, are, so we do list CBD companies now. So there's a lot of interest in, in, in CBD when the, with the passing of the Farm Bill in, uh, mm -hmm. at the end of last year. Uh, but certainly really hot sectors right now are esports. There's a huge appetite for esports companies, um, digital healthcare companies, uh, and renewable energy. So there are finally, I think we're starting to see um, viable business models in, in some of the renewable energy, battery, clean tech, et cetera, that, uh, that they're, they're more sustainable revenue models. And so there's an interest in those kind of companies. Okay. All right. And Derek? Along similar lines, I think the whole gaming industry is still very interesting there's a lot of upside and I think uh, given the requirements from the the Paris Accord I think we're going to need to remove carbon and I don't think we'll get there completely just with renewables so I think although carbon renewal 
removal and sequestration technologies are still in their infancy, I do think that's a space for the future. Interesting. Okay. So pretty strong bias here toward cannabis and <laughs> life science healthcare and, you know, with some, with some around the edges. Um, I think this, this has got to be the first panel that I have been an, part of or listened to in three years where nobody said the words artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, that's astonishing. So, okay. It's so, over, it's is kind of it's overdone? Okay. Is so? Tell me, what do you guys think? Is AI overhyped or underhyped? Is AI, you know, sort of overpromised, overpromising, or is it still, you know, just slower than we maybe thought? Anybody? I think in most of the sectors, um, there's just an assumption that AR is now part of it. So I don't really think of AI as a separate sector anymore. I think mm -hmm. that all the ones that I just mentioned, whether it's digital healthcare or mm -hmm. esports, I think that there is naturally going to be an AI component to it. And the, certainly the, the, the top companies, the leaders, the innovative leaders are incorporating AI into those, into those companies. So I don't even okay. see it as a separate sector anymore, I guess for me. It's, well like, it's, it's, it's like the working machine inside yeah. of yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, you know? Okay, I mean, but Bill, you said you thought it was overhyped. I do. I mean, but I okay. did machine vision companies, and we sold them to Google. That's okay. that's AI. Okay. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> all right. It's okay. Just, you know. Okay. It's, Good. It's, no, it's, there's I, a lot of it everywhere. Yeah. You know, that's what. Okay. I'm Pervasive. Anna, did you have a comment? No, I said as as yeah. well. Machine learning. You know, they're doing cross-sectional technologies on top of machine learning and data science. So. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a little overhyped? Yes, but there's newer technologies coming from. Adding on top. Of I mean, there's nothing. Like, okay. it's, it's great. There's nothing yeah. wrong with what it's doing. It's <laughs> right. Just, okay. All right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this ecosystem here in in Southern California. Um, in terms of, you know, where do you guys see the strengths here? You know, emerge. You know, established strengths or emerging strengths in this ecosystem, and where are the weaknesses in this ecosystem, and what should entrepreneurs do about both? Kim, it looks yes. like you, you're ready to jump in. <laughs> so, well, being part of Lava, and I'm also part of Octane in Orange County, so we talk about this very, uh, really at every single meeting, and how can we start to, you know, bring additional funding into the area, and that always seems to be top of mind, especially for entrepreneurs. I think that um, early stage funding, I think, is readily available. I do. I think mm -hmm. there's an opportunity to get to, you know, a half a million dollars worth of that funding. I think our Series A funding, or now... C, whatever we call it, C2, I can't keep up with the nomenclature, but that next real level of funding, sort of that two to five million, I think that's an area that uh, we are really hyper-focused on, and I think there's some things that are happening right now with um, some of the Southern California groups we're getting together and saying, we really need to solve that problem, because a lot of companies have to move out of the area to get that level of funding, and we don't want to lose you. I mean, we've invested in you here in this area. We don't want you to go elsewhere for that next round. So you're all nodding, interestingly. You're all nodding on that one. Um, are, you know, is the ecosystem making progress in that? Do you see clear progress or is it sort of just still the same as it has been? I mean, the funding component that like our colleague talked about has been there for a long time. You know, right. they, they want to go get, uh, you know, larger rounds. They like to go to the Bay Area. They get validation. You know, we in our traditional fund business, we would just wait for, do the Series A and wait for somebody to mark us up in the Bay Area. I mean, it mm -hmm. happened like 10 times out of 25 
investments, mm -hmm. quite, a, quite a bit. So that's always been there, but more for me, it's the management of the companies. You know, it's gotten better. I was a Bay Area entrepreneur. I did a company, Macromedia, and the key in there, the key was in the middle of the software stack in a way, the people mm -hmm. stack, which was the product managers, the project managers, people like that. The coders were obviously a lot better up there at the time. You know, mm -hmm. it's probably still the same way now. But down in LA now, you have this kind of middle layer that didn't exist before as people come out of companies and, and get successful and they learn and mm -hmm. they, they, they've kind of grown like a true car here, uh, MySpace here, and you get that far along and you have to have large infrastructures and those mm -hmm. guys, those individuals go and start companies. And so that's better now here, a lot better. And that's why okay. you're seeing a lot more companies get above a billion dollars here, in, in my mm -hmm. opinion, besides mm -hmm. the funding issue. Mm -hmm. So, yes, Kim. I say, uh, so Delilah. I think that, you know, one of the, it's been interesting from the ecosystem around the early stage companies with um, the accelerators and incubators in LA. And we certainly, 10 years ago, there was a whole bunch of them and then some of them went away. And now there's an influx of new accelerators uh, here about, I mean, Quake, LA, Quake came to LA. Um, th I met with someone today that they're starting a new incubator just for consumer good uh, manufacturing companies mm -hmm. in downtown LA. So there's a lot of really good new, um, I guess, a, an additional ecosystem being added around entrepreneurs. And I, I certainly, I mentor a lot of companies, I participate in a lot of pitch events. I would say that there's definitely an increased sophistication around the entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. how they're presenting their companies. So wherever they're getting educated, I definitely see that there's been uh, a, a difference in that in the last few years. Noticeable improvement, the, 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 the bench strength. Yeah, like presenting their companies and understanding, you know, even, even being uh -huh. at pitch competitions, yeah. Okay, so Derek, you're partly responsible for this, right? <laughs> 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 One way or another, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I think the potential for the VC community in Los Angeles is still enormous. Mm -hmm. uh, the basics of the city are so attractive. You know, it's the third largest GDP for a city in, in the world. Um, you know, I think the metro area graduates more engineers than any other metro area in, in, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. It's a highly trained workforce. Um, it's got great access to national and international markets. Um, you've got early influencers, early adopters, typically in, in, the, in the Los Angeles community for a lot of different industry sectors. So I think for entrepreneurs... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I think it's a great space to be in. And so the funding piece of it will, I think, catch okay, up so and why, grow. So why isn't it catching up faster, if, that, if I can ask that question? I mean, it's incrementally better. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. better. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's better. There's bigger funds here that can take yeah. you yeah. Far, farther along. You don't have to go do your $25 million round ex exclusively in the Bay Area mm -hmm. or some other place. You know, right. it's, it's better. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just not... It's, it's kind of fitting the need of where it's at right now, yeah. you know, and I think you were asking the other question is what is good here, you know, like, right. like eSports is one that somebody mentioned, the cannabis right. area is yeah. huge, mm -hmm. um, medical is pretty good, mm -hmm. um, eSports, gaming is very mm -hmm. good here, it kind of rivals the Bay Area in that right. regard. Um, Absolutely. Those are the areas I would say are, okay. that I know of that are good. You Okay, great. Well, I, you know, I love Southern California. You know, I've invested in five companies down here over the years, um, most of which were successful. So, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm just eager for it to get even better because right. um, it, it, it can only help us in Northern California, the stronger you guys are down here. So um, we're running. How are we doing on time? So just a couple of quick questions for you guys. So you've all had... Uh, 
extensive careers in the venture world, one way or the other, entrepreneur, investing, et cetera, and, and, and most of you on both sides. Um, what is the most important lesson you've learned in your career for entrepreneurs to learn early in their career about what it takes to build a successful company? You have a sort of primary lesson that you share whenever you can with entrepreneurs. What's the most important lesson that you've learned? Can I start with you, Derek? You can. Okay. Um, from my observation, there, there are two big challenges. One is what I would call proof of concept, and then is proof of scale. Mm -hmm. And the skill sets that are required for the proof of concept phase are, are different to the skill sets required for the proof of scale. And so typically, the entrepreneurs who start are product people, or marketing people, creative people, and they get that part of it going and interfacing with the customer and the consumer. But then the skills that are required to get your margin structure in place, your supply chain intact, are quite different. And so sometimes they don't recognize the need to change the, the skill set uh, as you scale. And, uh, and I think that leads sometimes to companies imploding or uh, not realizing their potential. So recognize those two different stages in the skill sets. Okay, good, great, Delilah. I'm going to take a bit of a different approach uh, in terms of, for, for me, what I've seen um, in successful entrepreneurs, it's, um, it's a very personal thing. So really getting clear on your why, why you're building this company, and what sort of life you want to live, you know, like, are you building it for yourself, for legacy, to make a bunch of money, to change the world, like being very clear on your why so that at every stage of the company building, whether it's talking to investor, getting a term sheet, um, hiring people, that you're always aligned with that why. So, so many times I've seen entrepreneurs that just aren't clear on it and they end up taking the wrong money or they end up going down the wrong growth strategy because they just aren't sure why they're even in this. Or then they find themselves running a company that they really don't want to be running and, and, per, and it takes a huge toll personally. And so the other thing I would say for entrepreneurs room is make sure you've got your self-power tools because this is, it's, you know, it's hard, it's stressful, it's, it's never going to be what you think it's going to be. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, and you need to have whatever, whatever gets you through the stress to get through it. And, you know, there's a lot of talk in Silicon Valley, et cetera, around, you know, mental health issues, suicides in startups. Like, this is really important that few, very few people talk about. But if you're going to choose this path, make sure that you've got the tools to help you get through it. Excellent. Wow. Bill. That's very good. I like that, <laughs> I, I, I like that a lot. So, yeah. I mean, really... I mean, to add, to pile on, I mean, really know why you're doing it. Really be pure about that. I've done five startups myself, and one I did for the wrong reasons, and I regret it like two weeks into it, but I had to <laughs> keep my commitment, and yeah. like five years later, I was doing it. So mm -hmm. we ended up doing okay, but in the end, uh, know, know really fundamentally deeply why you're doing it. I mean, to, to Lila's point on the why. Um, I would say be very decisive about people. That's the thing that I would also add. What I've seen in, you know, on both sides of you know, being an entrepreneur or being a venture, be very decisive about the people you're teaming up with because once you have them, they can be a weight on you or they can give you leverage. And that's, that's, you gotta be really, really clear about that and go and spend a lot of time on that about yourself if you're gonna be the CEO of the company. Outstanding, okay, Anna. Well, to add on to that, um, I would say just pick the right partner, pick the right investor. Don't just take in the capital. Um, so make sure that whoever's investing in you 
is invested in your company, the team is gonna help you get, get to the next phase of the company. And also find a mentor, uh, preferably an inv angel investor or a VC that can make introductions and can kind of guide you towards the beginning stages of your startup. So, Great. And Kim, last word. Oh boy, where do I start? And I made all of those mistakes along the way. Um, I think one of the things that, or two things, one is knowing your genius. I think there are too many um, entrepreneurs who step into roles where they're just really not and they're stretching themselves. And the other one I would say is I would not do another startup by myself. So I have three co-founders in the company that I did. And it's just so much more fun and so much easier when you're able to really share that because your spouse won't keep listening to you, your kids don't want to hear it anymore, and all these other things. And, and really having you know, that dynamic in sort of a co-founder situation, I think actually breeds a better company. And I've also taken that as an investor now. I don't invest in companies with the sole entrepreneur. Wow. Wow. So wait, I'm, I'm, are we taping? I hope we're taping. I hope somebody <laughs> took good notes. Did yeah. you all take good notes? That was outstanding. That was, that was an outstanding session. So I ask you to thank me, to join me in thanking our, our incredible panel here. Outstanding. All right. So with that, let's get on with the show, right? Okay. Back to Brian. Okay. Good luck, you guys. I'll see right. you later. <laughs> All right, we're back. Thank you. You know, when I hear an inspiring panel like that, a couple of things kind of spring to mind. You know, and some of the things are like the, the amazing uh, activities and achievements they've done. I mean, people like Kim, imagine exiting seven companies. Isn't that the future? And then I think to myself, like, how does one become one of the top venture capitalists in the world? How do you get to this level? And I thought about it all the way through the panel. And then I got the answer. It, it's... It's this slide's gone. It's great teeth. I don't know if anybody saw the slide before this, but venture capitalists have phenomenal teeth. So if any of you want to really aspire to that level, work on your teeth, not your entrepreneurship, okay? <laughs> you guys are awesome. And the other thing I just want to add before we bring up our, our, first, our first startup is a lot of the time when I'm starting a pitch competition like this, I, I say, look, there are no winners or losers, but, but actually there are. <laughs> like, there really are. But, but actually, in this particular case, like if we take entrepreneurship, and I, like, and I move serious for like the first time in my life, uh, it's a very selfish and a selfless world. It's selfish because we do things that other people are not prepared to do so we can get to a place that nobody else will be able to, to get to in the future, right? But it's also very selfless because we'll do whatever we have to do for other people to make sure we bring this beautiful and incredible idea to the world. So for me, yeah, it's important who wins today because they get to go up to the semifinal and then they get to compete for a million dollars. But this is kind of like a game of golf. We're not competing against other people. We're competing against our own score. So a lot of the time, one of the biggest mistakes I see in a competition like this is people will just look at their own pitch, or maybe you'll zone out, or you'll think about other things. But there's so much you're going to learn. And the way that Bill has actually created this entire event is that you're going to see what the judges think. And for you to do that, whether you're someone who applied before and you're driving your entrepreneurship forward, whether you're somebody who's in the competition, really study the pitches that everybody else is doing. Look at what they do amazing. Look at what they don't do so well and could learn from, and then become amazing yourself in the future. Okay, that's enough from me. 
we are now going to start, right? We're going to start and we're motivated and we're ready and we're going to watch 10 incredible companies all going to give their heart out. They're all going to do five minutes at the beginning for the pitch. They will be stopped at five minutes. At that stage, they will then have three minutes of question and answers, which is going to happen with the judges. Okay, so we are going to begin with uh, Infector. Oh, hang on a second. Okay, this was always going to happen. Inheritor Cell Technology, which is presenting Jerry Booker. Jerry, come on up onto the stage. Yes, I'm with Inheritor Cell Technologies, and I'd like to start with a short video. The miracle you just witnessed was made possible with the use of stem cell technology transplantation that we currently do in China. ICTUS is wanting to bring that, uh, our experience and our uh, information to the US, get FDA approval, and produce biomedicines, make it available to the global community. Future, the future prospects for bioscience companies are very simple. Uh, it's going to take uh, FDA approval to get anything through, and it'll become very difficult. The, uh, F, the uh, CEOs, current CEOs and uh, founders of current cellular technology companies are usually uh, bio people. They really have a strong science background and things like that but they don't really understand business as well, and so they sometimes have difficulty coming up with a attainable business model that works. Uh, we, we consider this the pain point of regenerative medicine. ICT solution is we are a commercialized biobank. We use uh, our profits to generate Revenue, our revenue to generate profits that we can use for uh, our own research and things like that. So we aren't totally dependent on investors and other capital, outside capital. The current value, the value of ICT is very simple. We've been able to synergize our business and our uh, technology experience into a self-generating revenue company that produces uh, these products. Uh, we definitely have been involved, uh, or we, we do this on a current basis. We are uh, shooting for, an, uh, uh, we, are, we anticipate revenues of $25 million this first year, and this will help us advance into uh, additional sciences. We will use our experience with China and, the, to, and we've uh, partnered with some Chinese hospitals and created the China Clinical Medical Committee. Committee. Uh, we also have a US advisory board that is seated with uh, scientists that uh, are thought leaders in the industry and they will help us navigate through all the difficulties moving forward to get our products through uh, FDA. We're also going to be offering a bioscience incubator, uh, which we will lease out office space and um, uh, laboratory, separate laboratory spaces. And this will provide us with uh, an additional flow of ideas. And if we find one that's very interesting and promising, we will use that idea, we'll help fund it, and we'll realize its commercial uh, uh, value. 
The business model for ICT is very simple. Uh, we have a company goal uh, to get FDA approval and of course uh, for biomedicines and of course that's going to be very expensive. Uh, it's going to take a lot of capital and a lot of investment. Uh, we again approximately make 25 million in revenue. Uh, we can use a lot of those profits for uh, funding our own uh, funding our own research and things like that, but we're gonna need additional monies. About 18 million comes from our current business of uh, biobanking with uh, umbilical cord tissue and blood. About seven and a half million comes from our current business of producing bioproducts. And together uh, we will take 25 of that, or 25, 20 to 25% of that uh, revenue and use that to help fund our FDA stuff. Five-year plan for ICT is very simple. 2019 was our first year of operation. We plan to break even. We'll uh, make about five million in revenue. Uh, we will realize our total 25 million in revenue by our third year of operation. 10 seconds. Uh, You've got 10 seconds. You can oh, finish I got 10 up. seconds? Yeah. Uh, by our, our, our revenue by uh, the end of the first, quarter and then we will move forward with getting our INDs and things like that. Okay, good job. Thank Thanks. you. Judges, questions please. Don't, don't leave us. Yeah. I know Kim is terrifying. Don't stay. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So it's the cord, it's a cord blood. It's currently a cord blood tissue, cord blood and tissue bank. And that's where we get our revenues. That's here or that's in China? It's, no, it's here located in uh, Arcadia, California. Okay. And our, we have a CGMP laboratory and also a GLP laboratory. Uh, and then we also have a scientific uh, division also that's creating some of these other products. So is, is, the, is the company wholly owned by the Chinese company? Is it the same company or is it, is it a spin-off? Is it a separate company? It's a spin-off to a U.S. company. And is the 25 million revenue from the spin-off just in the U.S.? or is just that from, from Just from the U.S., that's correct, okay. yes. And what does your team look like? Who's on your... On our scientific advisory no, board? No, like who, who works at the company with you? Oh, uh, we have several PhDs that work mm -hmm. in the scientific division. Uh, a lot of uh, masters in biological sciences in the uh, laboratory portion of it. Uh, our president is from China. He's a Chinese national uh, and our CEO. And then we have a VP who is also uh, here, very strong businesswoman, and uh, she runs the operational sides of the business. So are you gonna do CFDA approval for an IND over in China first and then bring it here? Or? No, we're gonna do, we're gonna go straight to the US. Uh, we're gonna use some of the science that's been done in China, but we wanna dupl duplicate uh, the a US version of that science so that we can go through the FDA process and we anticipate our first uh, application by the end of this year and our first IND most likely in the latter part of next year. And then we'll do our phase you, two trials. Are you doing mesenchymal stem cells? We're doing mesenchymal, uh, mesenchymal stem cells uh, derived from umbilical cord tissue. Okay. Mm -hmm. For what? 
uh, autism? I mean, what? Well, different stem cells do different things. So um, zincomal stem cells can be used for things like uh, regenerative uh, arthritis, which is the model that uh, our USC uh, partner is working with, is uh, Dr. Vang Singh. Uh, and uh, so with that, uh, we're doing some, that's going to be our first IND, is regenerative uh, arthritis, degenerative arthritis. And then we'll move on to different things. We ultimately probably will get into doing some neurological stem cells and things like that for different types of uh, issues, like the one we just saw was Parkinson's disease, and that was uh, neurological stem cells. Could you give us a little bit more about your background? My background, yeah. 25 years of tissue banking and cellular, uh, uh, owning my own businesses. Uh, had started a tissue bank in Arizona, uh, International Biologics, grew out of that, moved on grew, uh, to a bigger uh, facility, 25,000 square foot tissue bank in uh, Scottsdale. Uh, then sold that, moved into regenerative medicine uh, with a cosmetic surgeon uh, in Tampa, and we were doing birth tissue stem cells, amniotic uh, fluid, amniotic uh, membrane, uh, and then did some also regenerative stuff with now mesenchymal stem cells, and ended up here, actually retired for a while, and then decided to come out of retirement in order to get back into uh, what I consider the next revolution of medicine. Okay, wow. we're gonna leave it on membranes. Thank you, Thank you very much. Thank Can you. we have a huge round of applause, please? Thank you. Next up on stage, we have got Anthony Ortiz from Smart Plate by Fitly. Come on up, Anthony. This program has been brought to you by LAVA, the Los Angeles Venture Association and Pepperdine University's Most Fundable Companies program. Visit www.lava.org and www.bschool.pepperdine.edu forward slash MFC. That's MFC for Most Fundable Companies. Copyright Pepperdine University. Any unauthorized broadcast, public performance, or copying is a violation of applicable laws.